Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Green Suiters Podcast. This is episode 56? Question mark? Question mark? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure. It is. It's 56. Okay. All right. Just just wanted to make sure. I'm joined by always, well, not always, sometimes. Sometimes the occasional guest, Jason Bent, is here with me today. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Not with us today is Mr. Sedgley, who is out sick with the Rona. You know, it's making its way. It's it's a full podcast now. We've all got it. We we've all had it. Yes, we are now. We can bond on a deeper level. Took you guys long enough. I mean, I spearheaded it. I spearheaded the team. But see, ev- now you guys have come full circle. Everybody thinks that guys like us, you know, humongous superstars, are just untouchable. Clearly, that's not the case. It, um, I mean. I always come first, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Way, way, to, way to bring it to where Ben won COVID. Like, great job, question mark? Yeah. Anyways, Jason, what is... Are we... Yeah, we're in the next month. We are. For the giveaway. Do you even know what it is yet? All right, are you guys ready? The giveaway for the month of October is undecided. It's a of Jason Bent. Yeah. <laughs> it's a photo of Jason Bent. Um, I don't it's know. It's a desktop photo. Yeah. It's a nude. Um, well, can we, can we at least say who it's from? Yes. Uh, we will be doing a giveaway with TSO products. I just don't have all the details yet on exactly what it's going to be and who all can enter in terms of shipping restrictions. Um, but I will have that information soon. I just don't have it yet, everyone. So I'm sorry. You can still sign up. So (laughs) (laughs) it's a mystery prize. It is a mystery prize. How about we're doing a giveaway and it doesn't matter what it is. Just go enter. It's a spooky surprise because it'll be October themed. I feel like, I feel like we should do that one month, make a mystery giveaway. And then at the end of it, just send some really ridiculous random thing and have them be all upset and think that that's not what it, or that's what it really is. And then we actually send them the real thing. It, it'll be a lock of hair from Patrick. Yeah. Or it could be from Sedge. Yeah. Yeah. That's even, that's a better one. A lock of Sedge's hair. When he shaves his head, he'll just give you all the little shavings. <laughs> all the little prickly. A lock of Patrick's hair. God, that's a horrible gift. Just it'll have like a little leather bow, like going around it. You seeds know? of weakness. Here you go. Thanks for entering our giveaway. <laughs> seeds of weakness. <laughs> Uh, you're getting a box of wheat DNA. Yeah, man. We are really prepared. We Sedge isn't on the podcast because of COVID tonight. I have no idea what we're doing for the giveaway. What have you been up to, Ben? (laughs) We're just winging it, man. Yeah. We're just winging it. I like it. This is better. What have I been up to? Not a whole lot. Just editing videos. I, uh, I signed up for a, um, a YouTube course. I started that last week. Uh, it's a 12-week course. So going through that, which is really interesting. Through who, about can you say? YouTube video creators. Oh, it's, Sean um, Cannell and... No, 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 no. Um, Tim Schmoyer. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, it's, I, I'm really enjoying it so far. It's, uh, it's more of a strategic 
um, course rather than like how to make a video. Um, but I'm, I'm finding it really interesting. It's, it's a lot of great information. They use uh, an app called Volley, Volley app. It's a, uh, it's a video messaging app. Did you ever hear of Marco Polo? Yes. I've never Where used it, but I've heard like, of it. There's like, well, I'm not even gonna describe it. It's better than Marco Polo. Um, and I'm kind of interested in us using it for the podcast for, uh, for Patreon because it's, it's just like Facebook in a way to where you can create your own threads, um, your own posts, which right now patrons can't do that. Only we can create posts on Patreon. So it's kind of one-sided in a way. Right. Um, I mean, people can send me messages on Patreon, but I think it's a little harder to, it's it's there's it's a barrier to entry pretty much, but I think if we if we used Volley, all the patrons would have access to it. They can send us videos, uh, messages. You can send text to, or you can send voice. Um, but it, it would just be a way, a, a better way to to have a a, a little bit more reactive community, uh, or proactive community rather, rather than it being just kind of reactive, which is what it is right now. Like I create a post on Patreon, you know people comment, but again, no one can start a conversation on Patreon. Um, and it's, it's really easy to use. It's really quick. You know, you can have different, uh, thread categories like tool tips or general discussion, um, barbecue stuff, because I know that you're into that. Um, I, I just, I think it would be cool to, to try out. Um, and so maybe after this podcast, you can download it and we can just play with it. Yeah, no. And see if that's. Uh... I I definitely like to. I love the idea of it. I I was gonna do it on my Patreon. I like created a like a Ben's Woodworking member forum type deal. It just didn't work out. Only a few people signed up. I think we'll probably still have the problem uh, with the podcast Patreon. But the people that want to do it will benefit from it and do it. Yeah. Um, using another app outside of another app. It, it's it, it just, it's again one it of those is. things that some people might be like, I'm it, not downloading another thing now, but I love the idea. It is, but as far as like community involvement, Patreon's kind of crappy. It really is. I agree um, with you in that regard. Um, I mean, I would you know you can listen to the podcast early on it. You can. It's just like a. Uh, I I just think that we could do more, uh, or just have a, a better community, and it's. I don't even want to say that it's it's not a social media app. It's it's just a video messaging app, like Snapchat um, or something. It would just, yeah, yeah. It, but it's not as there's not as many crazy unneeded features. It's I don't want to say it's bare bones because it isn't. It's it's just a very simple to use app. Is it V O L? Um, v O L L E Y app. Now, I don't think that you can find it in the app store. Um. Yeah, I think you have to go to the actual website, volleyapp.com oh. or volley.app or app.volley or something. And and you can access it. You can download it there, but it is an app. And what's also great about it is you can do it on your cell phone. You can do it on a laptop. You can do it on a desktop. You can do it from any device. So it doesn't have to be a cell phone. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. So it's something to think about. And so if you're listening to this right now and you think that that's, something that you'd want to try or us to, to maybe start for the patrons, just send me a DM, um, at a green searches podcast on Instagram. And if there's enough involvement or there's just enough 
interest, then we'll do it. I mean, it, and it's free. It doesn't cost anything. So. Yeah. I like that idea. I talked to Steve um, about a program or a website or a page or an app or whatever. It's called Discord. And he uses yeah, it but, for a bunch of others. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I wanted to try it. Um, now, Discord, it's all text-based. It's, it's almost like a Reddit kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think that with our audience, it may be a little bit too out of touch. Whereas with Volley, it's again, it's very simple to use and you can use it from anywhere. I mean, you could do that with Discord too, but Discord, it, I've gone into Discord before and it does feel kind of a little too cumbersome. Whereas Volley, it's very streamlined, very fluid. Um, you know, someone can, can record a, a post or a, a thread and then you can re you can reply to that and it keeps it all organized you know chronologically so something to think about well we can definitely talk about it this friday night oh absolutely i totally forgot about um, that until just now this will be out but, so after, I, i've but. been yeah but i've been diving into into that course uh every day it's right now it's a 30-day course so you there's something to do every day there's a task that you have to do every day um, some of it's kind of changing things with your your YouTube channel. A lot of it's diving into target audience and stuff like that. It, it's just a, it's a really big deep dive. I'm really enjoying it. But um, can I ask why? So I've been why what? Why you're doing it? Um, I feel like that I need some structure uh, with doing YouTube because I, I love doing it. I love uh, I love doing it for too. My motorcycle channel. Um. And I want to, I want to be good at it. Um, and it's just another way for me to learn some strategies for YouTube, not just tactics. It's, it's a little bit longer, a longer tail than that. So is it one of those courses game. that like you can enter any time in your 30 days start or yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Was it expensive? Yeah. It's not like, um, the 30 day one, I don't think that it was. It, it wasn't. I, I'd have to look at it, but I can't remember. It was too expensive. But um, so I've been doing that, and then I bought a 3D scanner. Is it the one that because I'm DIY Dave was talking about? I don't. I don't know who that is. Oh. This this little guy right here. Yep. Same one. Well, maybe it's not Revo Point. Is that the brand? Yeah, I don't think they that's I don't think that's the one he was talking about today. They have um, three different models, but um, because I've been doing a lot of modifications to my motorcycle, and it, it would make modeling a lot easier if I could just scan certain components, a lot of angles, a lot of odd geometry. So I've been fiddling with that today. Um, what have you been testing it on? <laughs> trust me it's a, trust me it's the scale it's the scale surprised the cameras work that well can zoom in that far i uh i got a vectoro or whatever the cordless version of it is what's it called it's not the vectoro anymore the multi-tool yeah vectoro i thought it was like a weird nomenclature now oh i don't think so um anyways i, I got one of those today i for those that remember, I had to dismantle my basement uh, a year ago, two years ago, something like oh, that. Oh, the OSC-18. 
Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. And when I took the drywall off of the ceiling, there's every rafter has construction glue still on it. So that had screws and construction glue. And so I'm using the Vectura to, to clean all that off. So just prepping for renovating the basement once I get the the flooding situated. So you are going to continue to go down that path. I know on a few podcasts ago uh, you said different. I, I'm, I'm not going to... Um, I, I can still do some of the things without completely doing everything but the ceiling needs to get fixed oh i got you um so i mean I, I could at least hang some some stuff up and supposed to get some contractors to come out and, and quote me some stuff to seal the outside so we'll see how that goes what have you been up to so hold on uh, to seal the outside you mean like of the of my basement Oh, because the other thing didn't work the way you expected? So what I think is happening, Bits and Bits is a proud sponsor of the Green Suiters podcast and a distributor of the nation's best router bits for your shop. They feature shank sizes from an eighth to a half inch and have a wide range of diameters of upcuts, downcuts, compression bits, and more. They sell bits for your wood, aluminum, metal, plastic, acrylic, and foam projects, just to name a few. Their bits are suitable for hand routers, router tables, and even CNCs. Each and every bit is slathered in Astro Coating, which is a super secret sauce that prolongs the life of your bits, keeps them running cooler, and keeps the cutting edge razor sharp. If you want to save some cash, use our promo code HANS15 to save 15% at checkout. Head over to bitsandbits.com to find out more. Because the the French drain works. I mean, every time it rains, I go out, I look at the, the two drains that I have coming out of it. And water's pouring out of it. So I know that it works. But what I think is happening is that, you know, water obviously takes the path of least resistance. Well, some of the water is, that is coming off this hill behind my house is going below that. And it's hitting my house, um, hitting the basement wall. It's going down. And I, I don't know if it's hitting the wall and then coming under the footer. But it's coming up from the slab. So either my wall needs to be sealed or I need to have some kind of drainage underneath my slab to pull the water away. Ugh. So... I mean, and it's it's a generally downward slope. It, it just it just creeps in through the um, through the where the slab hits the footer on the inside. So I don't know if sealing the basement wall would would do it. Yeah, not if it's coming having, from below. Yeah, and so there there's one there's one corner that where some concrete has kind of come away at, at the joint, and so either. Uh, tomorrow or next week, I'm going to get some hydrophobic concrete and try to plug it. And then, I mean, I mean essentially, I have to wait until another heavy downpour happens, which, I mean, it's maybe twice twice a season that it happens. There's a, a really big downpour, like two or three days worth. Right. To see if that fixes it or, or you know, addresses it. But I have a radon... Uh, extractor that's on the opposite side of where that that crack is or where that water seeps through and i can hear that radon induction fan sopping up the water under from underneath the slab 
So I know the water creeps down away from the house. Just try to get it done. So yeah, it sucks. We'll, we'll see what the contractors say. Yeah. Well, what have I been up to? Oh, I mean, really not much. Uh, just trying to get settled into obviously Max being in the house and uh, being having a lot more free time at home during the week. Um, going to the gym. The big thing that I um, have done, the two big things. One, I started working on the table finally, and I've got the tabletops glued off. I'm taking them over to my buddy Drew's uh, to run them through his... Uh, he has a really, really, really wide drum sander, like 32 or 36 inches, uh, dual dual drum drum sander. And so I built this table in a way that would allow me the opportunity to use that. Um, and the glue up went really, really, really well. I have very minimal cleanup, um, like a quarter of a millimeter in some spots. You know, it just didn't align perfectly. Um, and then obviously the glue... Um, that I, you know, failed to wipe up completely. So I think that'll go pretty quick. And then I'm uh, working with Bidwell Wood and Iron. I contacted them and asked them mm -hmm. to build me a base. Uh, it's a very simple base. Um, just a like one by three tubular steel, powder coated black, uh, kind of like a square shape almost. Mm -hmm. um, flat bar on top. And I'm gonna recess those into the bottom throw them uh, on some Rampatech. Again, it's a very, very easy table, but we really like the style and I think it's going to look great. We just, we needed a bigger table. So we're going from like a yeah. 66 inch by 36, roughly, uh, maybe 38 to a 90 by 42, roughly. So um, we'll be able to sit eight people pretty comfortably. Um, so I'm working on that. Uh, hopefully tomorrow or Friday, I will start designing the built-in area that we're going to do. Um, I don't know if you remember, but when you came over, we were only up for a couple hours, but when you came over, there was this um, area in the living room that had like some hooks and some coats hanging up in it and some really crappy built-in. It was behind where you were sitting on the couch. You may not remember it, but... Uh, no, essentially what no. it was is somebody took a closet that had bifold doors, pulled the doors off, mm. removed the hardware. I, I remember that now. Yeah. And, it, <laughs> and it's like this very they, like farmhousey, very poorly built. They, they didn't even bother like dressing the, the sides up flush or anything. They just no. left the, the door framing in place. Yeah. yeah it's it pretty bad. Yeah. So we, I, I'm, we're debating. Nicole and I are going back and forth on do I want to open it up and, you know, flush up the walls on the side? The only reason I want to do that is because it will give us a little bit more storage. However, I'm thinking about just building a structure into that space and making it look like it's just in the wall, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I'm working on the design for that, uh, trying to figure out what it'll be. I think it'll be pretty cool. Uh, there's a product that I actually found at IWF that I will be ordering for that. Um, it's the vertical wall slats you see that's so popular right now. People do like the vertical white oak slats on the wall. Um, this company manufactures uh, um, veneered MDF, and they, you can get it in finished walnut or unfinished oak. And they're basically individual strips that you can actually just lock together 
Um, it's really, really, really cool. They had a whole display set up. It was, it was really awesome. I was, that was something cool that I walked away with, but probably use that. But the big thing that I had done is the concrete patio, man. Have you seen my stories? No, I haven't. Dude. I knew that it was getting poured, but. Okay. So <clears throat> when I went through this, I had five estimates done. I'm going to try to give the cliff notes version. I had five estimates done. Two were impressive. Three sucked. And when I mean sucked, I mean the people that came out and did them, they were just not good. So I immediately wrote those guys off. But this one company came out. It was so impressive. I immediately agreed to the build. They did tell me at the time that it would be, you know, probably end of September, mid-October timeframe um, that we would get this thing done. It would probably take three to four days. I get a call last week, like on Thursday. They're like, Holy hey, crap. we'd like to come start your project on Tuesday. I'm like... That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you didn't see the deck because you got here at night. I don't think you saw the, the back patio. I, I, I saw the... I saw the old picture that you guys had posted. Yeah. But I'm watching the story now. Man, that is a huge freaking pad. Yeah. So these dudes showed up on Tuesday morning at seven o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> and uh, the project manager shows up. I talk to him, walks in the backyard. He's like, oh, man, I didn't think the deck was that big, which is funny because they had pictures and aerial. Uh, but it's hard, to, it's hard to see because he doesn't know how big my house is, but it did have measurements of the slab. And they, they were right over the top of the deck. So you could see how big the deck is. Um, and these guys show up and they start at like 7.30, 7.45, ripping this deck out. And by 10.30, the entire area was cleared. Damn. It was six dudes. Um, they just... It was just absolutely incredible. They did fantastic work. They were here until about eight o'clock that night. And concrete was two hours delayed, two hours. And they still finished <clears throat> in one day. Wow. One day. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I couldn't believe it. I told the guy, he, he left for a while. I had to go check on some other jobs. He came back and I was like, I hope you pay these guys well because this is the best experience I've ever had with contractors ever. The dude that uh, was in charge of the crew was amazing. Um, they did one thing, the circular portion. We, Nicole wanted like it to come sh a straight line and then go in into a circle and then straight to a straight line, not like the curved because it's easier because mm -hmm. of the forms. Yeah, yeah. Well, when yeah. they did it, they originally did it that way and they just got done screwing everything um, into the post. And I ran inside, I was out front and I went inside and Nicole's like, are they gonna fix that? And I'm like, what? And I looked and I'm like, ooh. I'm like, I actually kind of expected that they would do that because those are, you know, bending forms. They probably don't cut them unless they have to. She's like, well, that's not what we designed. And I'm like, well, you know what, you're right. And they have the SketchUp. So I went outside, I talked to the guys like, hey man, I hate to do this to you, but that's not how we designed it. We want it to be sharp edges. He was like, we can do it. 15 minutes, it was done. Yeah. They disconnected everything, changed it 15 minutes back at it. Now, are you guys going to add like a, a pergola or a, any kind of an overhead structure or are you just going to, you're just going to build a, a walled barbecue pit area, right? I am uh, at some point, I'm going to do something for an outdoor kitchen. I have a long time to plan that cause I won't even touch that till the spring, but yeah. Um, the circular area is a fire pit. The left side's the seating area and the, where the dining table is going to go. We don't know what we're going to do with overhead cover just yet, but we do know that we would like to have something. 
Um, because is, I mean, and I guess unless you like um, drilled it into the concrete, like the foundation work for it. Because typically, if you're having overhead, you want to have that kind of built into it, right? Yes, the, the and that's slab. and that's something that we talked about. He said, "Do you plan on putting anything on here?" And I said, "Well, you know, we might do a like a, a covered area of coming out the door." And he said, "Okay, well, when we do this, we can pour your footers if you tell us where you want them." Mm-hmm. And I said, "And that's but that's when I told him, I'm like, I don't know, so I don't want you to just pour a bunch of random footers. I have no idea what we're going to do or, or where we're going to put it." Um, yeah. So he did tell me that like, if you were to get like one of the, you know, aluminum ones or store-bought ones, something like that, like that's not going to be any issue. But as soon as you start adding like six by sixes and stuff like that, adding a bunch of weight, then it could be an issue. But, um, I also assume, and I don't know this, but I also assume that if I wanted to pour footers in that, that there is a way that they would be able to drill straight through the concrete into the ground and pour new Mm -hmm. footers um, I don't know that for sure, but I, you, I mean, they can do amazing things. I, I would assume that something like that is possible. So we don't know that that's, that's so far off. Uh, obviously it would be nice to have the barbecue area covered at least. Um, mm-hmm. but we'll see, but man, I was just, I love it tomorrow. I'm going out there and we're about to get some really good weather. Like it's start, it's going to start cooling off here now starting tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, it's already started cool off here. It was crazy hot here today. It was like 95. But tomorrow the high is supposed to be 66. So yeah, it's in the 70s, low 70s here. Yeah. After I get back from the gym tomorrow, I'm just going to start getting everything back on the deck and we'll get to start enjoying it right around the time where good weather comes in. But yeah, that's about You've it. You've been doing that regularly still? Going to the gym every day? Yeah, or I didn't. Whatever your schedule was? I didn't go this morning uh, because. Uh, we got a real late start with Leo and, um, we've been looking at a, getting a stand-up freezer. So I actually went and bought a stand-up freezer this morning. So we have more, uh, space for meat and Wait, bread. freezer space. Yeah. What? Is that, is that why you buy a stand-up freezer for more freezer space? No, we do. We just like to uh, sit in it when it's really Put the kids in it. Yeah. Yeah. When they piss us off. Oh, you don't want to clean up your room? Get in the ice box. Get in the freezer. But yeah, we got one. So no, now I, I don't want to brag or anything, Ben, but um, I'm freezer rich. <laughs> we have, I have three freezers. Oh my God. Because I have three freezers and two refrigerators because the one that was here when we bought the house, we kept, bought a new refrigerator, put the one in the gym, realized uh, refrigerator space isn't the issue. The issue is freezer space because I'm buying a, yeah. a bunch of meat in bulk now. And, uh, well, we started shopping at Costco and all kinds of other stuff anyways, but I'm like, let's get a, let's get another freezer. So I'm like, this is ridiculous. We have three freezers now, <laughs> like one standalone and two within refrigerators, but no big deal. Can't hide money. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was like 400 bucks. Well, cool. All right. Are we ready to get into the topic? Yeah. What, are we going to talk about what, uh, Sedge recommended? You just want to do that? Yeah, I think it's a good one. Okay. Uh, you want me to go first? I'll tell people well, what yeah, the topic is. To... Okay. Yeah. All Let's right. Let's do it. So tonight, Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, but Sedge, in honor of Mr. Sedgley, since he's not here, we are still going to do the topic. He recommended for his uh, week that we would do three tools that change the way we work 
and it could be does it's not just tools it's finish it could be uh, a multitude of things but something a product that we are using in our workshop um, that has changed the way we work I will go first um, for me my assembly table Mm -hmm. uh, utilizing the MFTs. When I built this, I completely changed the way that I, that I work. Um, especially when I'm doing cabinetry related stuff, because a crosscut station is really, really good for that. Um, but there's just so many things that I can do on this table and I can be extremely accurate. And, um, it just changed the way that I process materials. It changed the way that I build things. It changed, uh, the way that I hold things down to the surface. Um, for those of you that don't know, I have three Festool MFTs connected together on top of a base. Um, there's no legs on the MFT. They just sit connected on top of a kind of like a cabinet structure, some, uh, Rockler metal stands that have things, you know, cabinets built into them. But, um, it's, it's probably the biggest uh, thing that's, that I can think of that's changed the way that I work for sure. So what, what was the, the big benefit that you got from using it versus not having that before? Oh my God. Uh, work holding options, uh, the ability to have uh, a longer fence. I turned the MFTs the opposite direction from what they're uh, normally designed or what they're sold and you know, marketed as, you know, they're more wide than uh, deep. And so because I turned them, it gives me a lot, a lot larger crosscut capacity. Um, up, you know, upgrading and getting the, uh, dashboard hinge system, um, giving me the ability to use longer tracks, uh, the fact that it's an MFT top and I'm able to, uh, you know, cut right into it if I need to, I really don't do that. Um, I don't know if I already said the work holding capabilities, it's got all the bench hole, uh, bench dog holes, uh, being able to incorporate the Vaxis into the end of the table. Another huge benefit, um, the vertical clamping abilities on the side. I mean, the ability to store things underneath it because there is that elevation. Um, it's just, it's just totally changed the way that I, that I process materials and, and how I can do things. So there's not just one thing. I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of things that have really made a huge difference. And I, I will get a lot of people like, well, why didn't you, that's a really expensive top. Like, why didn't you just make your own? And it's like, well, because I didn't want to make my own, right? And if I would have made my own, I don't have the same uh, luxuries that I have with the aluminum extrusion sides. And then they say, well, why don't you just buy aluminum extrusion? Well, then you're, you're talking about spending a whole bunch of money on aluminum extrusion and taking the time to cut out the tops and the tops never come out uh, as good of tolerances as the ones that you can just buy from Festool, right? <laughs> for, mm -hmm. Which, oh, by the way, I've had this for how many years now? Two years. I'm still on the original side. Yeah. So it's like... I, I've, I've never changed the sides on mine. No. And I could flip these. You know what I mean? Like, Unless you're just like a crazy animal. You just like slap the material down and like wherever it lies, that's where you cut it. Yeah. You know? Some people where do that. Yeah. Like some, I know. You see it on YouTube. You're like... How do you have that many cut lines in different places? Yeah. Which, yes. I mean, it's kind of what it's designed to it's do. Madness. But, yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, why but, would you do that? <laughs> but but not, it's literally in every single direction there's there's cut lines. It's like... 
like a contractor, I get was, it. You know, like on the job, like real quick, just making cuts back and forth. I, yeah, I have to cut the same thing yeah. 700 times and I'm just trying to get rough cuts real fast. I totally get it. Like, but me, I have one cut line. Well, I take that back. I have two because I originally had my fence in a different area, but, and my, and my rail, but yeah, now I just cut it in the same place. When I'm breaking down sheet goods, I plop a piece of, of, uh, you know, that purple insulation panel on here and I just mm -hmm. cut into that. That has lines all over it. <laughs> Yeah. What about you? What's your first thing? Um, mine is a 3D printer. There's, you know, so many different applications that you can have for a 3D printer, whether they're functional parts, aesthetic parts, con conceptual parts. I, I always felt very limited by um, most dimensioning tools that I had. And it wasn't until I got a 3D printer coupled with CAD that, um, that I felt that I could really create the things that I wanted to make. Um, and, and I was going to say the shaper too, which, which it has, but I, I think you can kind of throw that up to any CNC type device. Mm -hmm. But, um, but no, ha having the 3d printer for me, it just kind of opened up my, my creative possibilities in my shop. So, you know, instead of being relegated to things that, that exist, maybe they don't have this, the, the functionality that you're looking for, all of it. Whereas if you have a very specific need and you have a very specific idea of how that problem can be solved, you can, you can literally create a solution that does not exist. And the great thing is, is that you can play with it in CAD as much as you want until you nail down the, the, the design, right. And then when you print it in most cases, unless you intentionally prototype, but in most cases you can print it out and it's ready to go. Yeah. You know, unless you made some kind of a calculation error, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's so many different things around the house and in the wood shop and from a motorcycle that it's like, Oh, I wonder if I can do this. And I get in cat, I whip something up real quick and print it out overnight. And then I go down, I test it like, Oh wow, this worked. Um, I mean, I've done it. I, I, I think I talked about it episodes ago, but I, I made a skid plate for my motorcycle. Mm -hmm. Well, I printed it. I printed it out first, and once once I knew that I had all the the measurements and everything correct, I sent that digital file to a um, to a website. I think it's called Send Cut Send. Yeah, and they can they can cut it for me. They can bend it. All this other stuff for me. So it's like, well, that was easy. Have you gotten so, that back yet? Just out of curiosity. I, I haven't seen it yet. I oh. was waiting to get this 3D. I was waiting to get this 3D scanner because uh, there's a a front part that I, I need to still make for it, um, and I I wasn't confident that um, it, it's just because of how many weird angles there are on the bottom of the motorcycle. It's just kind of hard. I tried doing cardboard cutouts and templating and stuff, and it, I just couldn't ever get the form factor right. So I was like, well, I'm gonna wait until I get this 3D scanner. That way. I can design something that will 100% will fit and then I'll order it. So they, they already have the file for the main piece. And um, I just, I just want to make sure that I have my anchor points correct to how to attach this other piece. Yeah. So. Cause you don't, you don't want to do that twice <laughs> cause they're not going to be like, no. Oh, you screwed up. It's, not a problem. We'll do another one for free. No. Yeah. It, there, there is none of that. It's like, well, this is the design you sent us. So yeah. Um, but yeah. All right. What about you? What's your second item? 
Uh, second item is going to be, I'm going to say the apron or, or the Sedgley, one of the two, some sort of, uh, tool holding, uh, thing that you wear. So, um, a shop apron, uh, or since the Sedgley has come out, the Sedgley, that's definitely changed the way that I work because one, I'm not always looking for, uh, that last thing that I used and set down somewhere. Um, but it's nice to have the most used things like readily available on you. So I have a uh, you know, a custom, me and Ben both, Ben is my old one, um, but the Leather by Dragonfly custom apron. And for me personally, I tend to wear um, the apron in the summertime, which this is really strange. <laughs> it's like the back, uh, the opposite way of most people would do it. I tend to wear the Sedgley uh, in the winter and I tend to wear the apron in the summer. Um, now I have a climate controlled space, but the reasoning for that is because I'm typically always wearing shorts, um, mm -hmm. in the summertime and I wear, always wear jeans in the wintertime. So I have a belt and, um, yeah. stuff stays up easier. Um, and you can't wear your shop flops in the winter. Correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could cause I keep my shop nice and warm, but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, it definitely changed the way that I did things. Like I, I feel like I did things in a very unorganized manner and I would get very frustrated because I didn't know where I put my pencil down, where I put my tape measure down, where I, any, everybody can relate to that too. Um, it did take a while to get used to it. Um, but it, it was, once you get used to it, it's just like a no brainer. And so the issue that I end up having now is I'll wear my apron and I already know it's about to happen. Now that it's going to start getting cooler outside and I'm going to be, you know, wearing jeans and stuff, I'm going to be wearing that sedgily a lot more and I'm going to be reaching on my chest for my pencil or for this. And it's going to take me a few days to get back in that rhythm of no, it's down here on yeah. my right hip. Um, yeah, but that's really the only, the only struggle that I've had. Um, I'd be happy wearing either one all the time. If I had to pick just one, I'd probably pick the apron just cause it's more, uh, there's more functionality to the apron. You can obviously hold quite a bit more and there's benefits like it keeps stuff off of you. Um, yeah. It provides an extra layer of protection. Of protection. Yeah. 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 That's what I was going to go for. So, but yeah, um, definitely, definitely changed the way that I, uh, that I do things. And yeah, I in think an apron is, is a, I, I think an apron is a must for anyone, anyone, even metal workers, woodworkers. If you're, using your hands a lot and you're getting dirty, definitely get an apron. Yeah. Uh, my second one, and I'm pretty sure that I've already said this before in previous episodes, but uh, good lighting. Mm. That That's a good is, one. You, you really don't know how much of a, a difference it makes until you get a, a, an actually good lighting setup. In the past, I had, um, I think it was either four or six like, uh, like fluoret not fluorescent. I mean, they were the smart bulbs, but not a very bright light. And I was trying to shoot YouTube videos down there, mm -hmm. you know, do woodworking at night. Uh, that's typically when I would kind of piddle around with stuff. Cause my kids were either asleep or at school or, uh, at their moms or whatever. But, um, yeah, man, as soon as I installed the lights that I have now, I was like, Holy crap. It's like, you don't realize you, you think to yourself, how could I have worked without these before you know yep. uh there were so many times where i would be working on a project and like i would have to like bring my face up to the material to see where my pencil mark was like that's how bad it was yeah 
but as soon as as soon as I got those lights installed, I remember your old videos. It was like watching somebody that was like trapped in a dungeon. <laughs> I thought you were trying to be all like cinematic for uh, for the video. No, reasons. I just had bad lighting. It's like no, nope, that's really just my lights. <laughs> I will never forget the first yeah. time that I walked into uh, Jay Bates' shop because I. Th- I think that was the first time I ever saw American green lights in person. And I remember walking in and immediately going, like, it almost didn't look real. It like looked completely unnatural. Um, cause you just weren't used to it. The, the closest thing I can, um, equate that to is like, if you, if you grew up with like a, you know, 60 hertz television. And then now all these new TVs came out and they bumped up to 120 hertz and 240 hertz. And you watch one of those TVs and you're like, why does it look like I'm looking out a window right now? Yeah. It's just yeah. awkward. Like it doesn't seem real. And that's, that's how I felt when I saw American green lights. So it's a just high CRI, you know, LEDs period. It doesn't, I'm not, I just have experience with American green lights, but it's definitely more vivid colors, just everything is easy to see. It's, it's great. That was a really good, good example. All right, my third one. I was gonna say track saw, but I've talked about that before. Um, it definitely has changed the way that I, I do things, but I, I wanna do something else. I'm gonna say the joiner planer combo machine. Um, the reason for that is because it did change the way that I mill lumber. So before what I would do is I would join to face, then plane everything, and then uh, joint an edge because in a situation like that, it doesn't make any difference what direction the grain's running. If you start to join, you know, in one direction or, or what edge you, you have more flexibility to flip the board around and have a flat surface on both sides against the fence, which is important to get a 90 degree edge. Right? So if you're going against the grain, uh, this doesn't really matter as much to be honest with you on a helical head, um, or a spiral cutter head or, or w- any variation of that. But, um, it did make it nice because then I always had a flat reference face, regardless if I had to flip the board around, if you don't do that, you only have one, one way that you can do it, or you have to join the other edge, which you may not want to do. Um, the way that that this changed for me is because it's a joiner planer combo and you have to switch between, well, clearly if I wanted to do that, I would have to join a face, then switch it over to planer mode, run it through the planer, then go back and put it on the jointing mode and then joint an edge and follow the same the same steps. So that did kind of change the way that I mill lumber. Um, but I haven't found it to be an issue at all. Um, the only time it's ever kind of a pain in the butt is when, you know, I, I didn't mill up enough lumber and I am short and I have to go through the entire process again, but guess what that taught me? Mill extra lumber. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I did that with this tabletop that I'm doing right now. I milled two extra boards. Um, just because I wanted to have the best to choose from. And in the event that one didn't work out the way I wanted it to, I had other boards. So I milled everything at the same time. And now I just use it later, you know, if I have a project coming up. So, um, that was a change for me. Um, but I like it. I like the space savings. Um, 
I like the fact that I don't have two big machines in the shop now. If I had a ton of space, you know, obviously it'd still be great to, to have two separate machines and never have to worry about the changeover, but it takes more time for me to change a dado, uh, change to a dado stack on my table saw than it does for me to change my machine over. Mm-hmm. And when I tell people that, cause they're always like, Oh, it looks like it takes a long time or you sped that up or, or whatever. It, when I tell them that they're like, cause it, just about everybody can relate to that. They're like, Oh really? You know? And then they're like, well, yeah, that's why I don't yeah, ever put yeah. in a dado stack. <laughs> it's like, okay. Everybody in Europe's like, what's a dado? Yeah. Dado. No, I'm just joking. Gary is probably like, Oh, what's that? Uh, a dado stack. Oh, he's Did in he's... my, he's in my fantasy football league. And it's his first time playing fantasy football, he, so he's always he, very confused. He knows, it's, he knows it's not soccer, right? Yeah. American football, Gary. America. Um, he's always he's very confused about uh, all this, which I don't blame him. I mean, I was too the first time I played, but it's, it's pretty funny. He's won his first two games, though. Bastard. It's always the rookies. What about you? What's your third one, Ben? Hey, this is Ben, inviting you to join our growing podcast community over on Patreon. As a member of our community, you'll get early and ad-free access to each episode, as well as invites to our monthly group call with the community. Also, you'll be able to participate in the direction of the show by submitting your questions for upcoming episodes, as well as pitching some great product ideas for Hans to read in the mid-roll ad. Use the links in the show notes below, and we'll see you on Patreon. My third one is... Um, dust extraction. Oh, good one. That's, you know, I, I was, when Sedge gave this question, like I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, wait a minute, this is so hard. But I cannot tell you the last time I had to clean dust off my washer and dryer, which are literally right next to my assembly table. Um, I mean, not literally, they're like five feet away. But in the, before I got dust extraction, um, man, there was there was just dust everywhere in my basement, all over the place. It was just perpetually covered in dust. Now, the floor still gets dusty from time to time. But by and large, and I have a, a little shop bot that I just press a button and it, it vacuums the floor for me. Um, but it you really don't realize how much of a difference it makes in a shop. And... I didn't want to cop out and say a second dust extractor, but once I got um, the smaller, uh, not the CT Sys, but the, I think it's the, I think I got the CT 15 or maybe the MIDI for my miter station. Once I had a dedicated dust extractor for the miter station, that's when I was really glad that I had dust extraction, at least multiple ones, because that was less moving the, the whole thing around and I've got to unplug this, plug that in. And not that that's like detrimental to woodworking, but it's when you have to have more steps than what you really want to, it really does take away the experience of, of trying to make things. So now I have the, um, the CT 15 underneath my miter saw. It doesn't move. It's always plugged in. As soon as I press, you know, um, engage the, the capex dust extraction turns on. And then the same thing for the CT 26 at my assembly table it rarely moves from the spot that it's at just because the hose is long enough to reach all of my other surfaces around it, you know, mm-hmm. all of my work areas. Um, so having really good dust extraction and not having to move things around um, and still maintaining a clean working area. Uh, you really don't realize how much stuff 
is getting thrown in the air when you don't have dust extraction. I, I've watched a, a lot of Instagram posts recently where people are like sanding and just doing all kinds of stuff and there's no dust extraction. And you leave a comment like, hey man, um, that's a really cool project, but I'm pretty sure that your lungs are going to hate you in about 20 years. And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. God, man. But when I, when I, subtraction. when I first started, <laughs> as soon as you said that, I immediately went back to when I first started, when I first started, I remember I got a, a planer and a jointer finally, you know, lunchbox planer and a, and a joiner. I had no desk collection, nothing. I didn't even know that that was like a thing. And I remember I would know that hey, I need to shoot it. You just shoot it out in the street. Yeah. I would know that I need to unclog my jointer when it started shooting chips back at me. Um, <laughs> And then, so I'd have to turn off the machine, reach my hand up in there, and get the dust, uh, the the debris and, and the chips and everything out, and it would be this huge pile. And the planer, the planer just went open like straight out the back until I had an entire a huge pile. And I would always have to stop my project to sweep everything up, and then I'd go back to doing what I was doing. I have to do that like three times milling lumber. It was it was crazy. And then I got a yeah. dust uh, dust collector, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, cool. just just health reasons alone, it's it's worth its weight in gold. Yeah. Well, any any honorable mentions that you have? No, unfortunately, I'm I'm gonna actually have to wrap this up because my son is uh, not being super cooperative right now. So a little bit different well, now with, bent, with so. two kids yeah well he hasn't slept all day and now he's not going to bed which i'm kind of surprised so i'm gonna have to go up there and sit with him for a while put him in put him in the freezer yep i'm gonna put him in the freezer that's what i meant sit with him for a while <laughs> so i'm not even gonna go stop through. being on the door buddy yeah i'm not even gonna go through and see if i have any hateful comments for the evening okay well alrighty. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast. If you want to find out more about each of us, you can check it out in the show notes. If you want to enter the the mystery giveaway, I'm sure by the time this podcast airs, it will know what it is. But or as we we're won't. recording, we have no idea. <laughs> we have no idea what it is. Yeah. Uh, if you want to enter the uh, the chance for the the magical giveaway, go to greensuiterspodcast.com. Go to the giveaway tab, enter your information, and you may be the lucky winner. Yay! Until next time, I bid you adieu. Adieu. Adieu.